This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's Matthew eleven twenty eight. So this one's going to be a tough one today, just right from the get-go. Um, if we go back to episode 173 of this podcast, it was called Foxhole Funeral, okay? And that was an episode where we discussed one of my Foxhole guys, JC, uh, otherwise known as JC the Consistent, losing his father to COVID-19. And we kind of talked about that whole scenario and how that was super unfortunate for one of our brothers, one of the guys in our foxhole, that that's something that befell his family. Uh, but, you know, we talked about how impressed we were with how he handled himself, with how he was the support system for his family and tried to glean some wisdom from that. But now uh, we have lost a member of our foxhole. So. On August the 23rd, 2021, that was the day that Landon the Quiet decided to take his own life. Now, if uh, if that name sounds familiar, it's because you've been a listener to this show for some time, because Landon the Quiet was one of the men that was featured prominently in episode 104 of this podcast called Your Foxhole, so one of our uh, best episodes and uh, something that is brought up a lot. Uh, and that's an episode where I listed the men that were in my personal foxhole at that time. So, uh, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and play a clip from that show here to kind of give you an idea of what I thought about Landon and what I thought his, uh, I guess his contribution to the group was. So here we go into the clip. Then we've got Landon, the quiet, Okay, Landon the Quiet. Now, this is a guy that has a background in the military. He was a Marine. Um, but this is a guy that that comes very, very often. Uh, he's a, a physically large guy. But the thing that is, whenever I was thinking about Landon, like what, what would I say would be kind of the first thing is he's just quiet. And I mean that in a lot of different ways. Okay, so when we're doing our discussion as a group, he might uh, he might throw his two cents in once a month, Right. So, you know, we're meeting four different times and he might, you know, get into the discussion one time. Now, if you were a, you know, just an outside observer, you might think, oh, that guy's quiet or he has nothing to add or something like that. But when you've been around him for a long time, he speaks up when he knows it's necessary. So he's not one of those guys that just talks to hear himself talk or, oh, well, I was quiet for about half a second. I better like jump in. That's kind of like what I do, right? If I, I'm, I'm, I hate silence. So it's like, all right, we need to fill the silence with something. Somebody talk for the love of God. If it has to be me, I'll do it. But Landon just, he'll, he'll pipe up when he needs to. But here's the other thing. 
whether he's struggling during the workout, which he does sometimes when he's struggling, when we're doing the jujitsu, which he does sometimes, which we all struggle, right? He's not talking about it. He's not going out of his way to, uh, you know, tell everybody on the planet, Hey, I'm having some trouble right now. Hey, I need to, I need to take a little bit of a break. Like he's just not that type of guy. But the other thing that's important is when he's the type of guy that asks for your help, you know, that he means it. And it's because he's not just constantly asking for help. And so he had some stuff that came up in his personal life in the last year or so. And he, he came to the group. He came to a couple of uh, guys in the group to discuss it with. And, and you knew you needed to pipe up and pay attention because he doesn't ask for much. He almost asks for nothing. He doesn't talk very much either. And so when he talks, you listen. And so those are important people to have in the group because if you've got somebody that is not constantly talking, constantly asking for things, constantly complaining, constantly whatever, you know, it's easy to kind of drown that person out. But on the other side, when someone doesn't talk very much at all, you might ignore that person and you don't want to make sure that you don't do that. So that's actually the first time that I've listened to that. I just kind of threw it into the, into the show here. And so I was just listening back to that, uh, just getting prepared for this next section and it's odd, you know, how I described him as being a guy that doesn't ask for help, that doesn't want to show emotion, uh, especially in light of what he decided to do uh, by taking his own life. Uh, and, and by the way, you know, some people are like, why don't you use these guys' last names? But, you know, for most guys, I don't want, you know, if I'd ever do something crazy, I don't want them to be connected to me. And if I've done something egregious and I don't want it to reflect on them personally, but you know, this is public record. His name is Landon Willis, uh, passed away, uh, obviously not that long ago, a few days ago or about a week ago. But I, I guess as a quick aside, I, I didn't want to make sure that I threw this in there in case those of you that aren't going to listen to this all the way through, um, to any of you that are considering suicide, there's a lot of ways that you can get help. Okay. There's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Their number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. I'm not licensed to deal in any way in some sort of a clinical setting with this type of of a happening, but you can email me, info at undaunted.life. Shoot me an email, info at undaunted.life. I'll hop on the phone with you and we'll call the suicide prevention lifeline together, right? But, But just reach out to someone, reach out to someone that can help you. Right. But to give you a little bit of an idea on Landon, the quieter Landon Wills, he joined the Marine Corps at a very young age. Um, He served two tours in Afghanistan. He also joined the Oklahoma City Police Department in December of 2020. Uh, That's whenever he got out of academy. So this is a guy whose life was spent serving others. Right. So if that's all you knew about him, if that was the back of the baseball card, you'd be like, okay, Marine, you know, wanted to be a cop, like all those things. But, you know, in the interim, he had some other jobs and did some things, but everything he did was in support of his family, four kids. Okay. And that's the thing about Landon that is so striking um, that he spent that amount of time not thinking about himself. Because again, when I'm going back in my memory to a time whenever he came to me, this was a couple of years ago when he was going through a very, very rough personal time, you could tell he, it was everything he could muster to ask for me to go and chat with him. But he did. Okay. But that was, that was one of my best memories of Landon. Cause I got to see some emotion from him. I got to hear from him. Whereas, you know, when we're training on Sunday nights, there's not a whole lot of that going on because we're, you know, we're training, we're drilling, we're, we're working out, we're doing a lot of those things. But, um, for a guy like that to have his entire life defined by the fact that he wanted to serve others and would exhaust himself to an extreme degree. I mean, towards the end of his life, um, you know, as a cop, he took the overnight shift so that he could spend more time with his kids. 
But if you think about that, you work all night doing difficult work, you know, especially in Oklahoma City being a police officer, but then you're there for your kids to, you know, take them to school or pick them up from school or do activities. He did everything he could for his kids. Uh, the funeral was Monday of this week. Um, you know, it's kind of your normal funeral stuff. You had, you know, some singing and a video. Uh, the pastor said some words and, you know, we'll talk more about that here in a second. There was a 21 gun salute. Um, but there were two truly heartbreaking moments. Um, so one of his best friends eulogized him. So he got up there and this is a guy that he's known since he was very young. And they actually, I don't know if they went through Academy together, but his best friend was a cop and then Landon became a cop. And so he spent some time just kind of giving people a little bit more context around some of the things that I've already shared with you. This is a guy that wanted to serve. This is a guy that would yak your ear off if you got to know him and if you got into a subject matter that he was passionate about and how his countenance and everything about him would change when he would start talking about his children. The other really gut-wrenching, heartbreaking moment was when the color guard, you know, folded up the flag um, that was on his casket and gave it to their father, uh, to Landon's father. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to a military or police funeral. This was both. That's a very powerful moment. You know, you could hear a pin drop and just the thought of being a dad and what that flag symbolizes because it's an honorable thing, but it also symbolizes that your kid's not here anymore and they're not coming back. Um, one thing that I, I did find odd with the funeral and some other guys pointed this out is the use of Matthew eleven twenty eight. So again, it's come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Um, to be honest, and I don't want to be too hypercritical here. Um, when you say scriptures like that at a, at a funeral for someone who committed suicide and you talk about now he's at peace, now he can rest. I don't really like that very much because you don't know who's in the crowd. You don't know what they're struggling with and you're almost inadvertently giving them a pathway to fix that issue. And again, I want to be very, very humble in my criticism of that use because that pastor was doing everything he could to comfort a family and a community that was absolutely torn to shreds. But any pastors listening to this or anyone that does does funerals or eulogizes, I would I would caution you to perhaps not do that. You know, that you don't have to get into this big diatribe about suicide and, you know, all the things therein. But, you know, I, I maybe wouldn't use that scripture in that way. Um but Landon's suicide brought up a lot of different thoughts. Uh, and I'll get to them here because, you know, some of you might even be weird, like, Hey, why are you, why are you doing this? You know, you seem to be airing out dirty laundry of people, but again, this is public record. Uh, what happened? Uh, it was a public funeral, so anyone could have came to it, but guys, there's someone listening to this that needs to hear some of the things that I'm about to say. Okay. And that doesn't mean I'm special. It means I'm the one that's bringing you this information at this current moment because you're, you know, playing my podcast, you know, in your car or in your headphones of the gym. Okay. So this isn't about getting into anyone's personal life because I'm going to leave a lot of the stuff that I know out, obviously out of respect for, for Landon's memory and his family. But there are a lot of you that need to hear some of these things. So uh, the first thing that uh, the first thought I had when thinking about this whole situation is that we as a people, we forget about suicide if we're not struggling with it personally. And if no one around us is committing it. Okay. So if you go back to episode 167 of this podcast, it was called Suicide and Thanksgiving. I released it on Thanksgiving talked about suicide in general when we talked about stats about suicide. So we talked about how the CDC, uh, as reported via the National Institutes of Mental Health, says suicide is the second leading cause of death in people aged 10 to 35. 
Landon was 37 when he took his own life. It's the fourth leading cause of death in people aged 35 to 54, which would have been his bracket. Suicides increased by 35% from 1999 to 2018. Suicide rates among males is three, about three and a half times higher than that of females. Among males, the suicide rate was highest for those age 75 and older. So that's about 40, uh, 40 per 100,000. And over half of the suicides in the United States uh, with those, you know, a firearm is used, right? But then specifically veteran suicide. You've heard a lot about veteran suicide, but it's around 17 a day. I think some people think it's 22 or 23, but it's around 17 vets a day. Now that stat can be a little bit deceiving because again, like I said, just a second ago, the majority of of suicides that occur in males are those that are 75 and older. So you could have somebody that, you know, was maybe a Korean war veteran or or a, a veteran of Vietnam or something like that, that takes their life and it doesn't really have anything to do specifically or directly with their service. So it can be a little bit, but, but regardless, 17 a day are are taking their lives, but military veterans have double the suicide rate of non-veterans. That's not insignificant. Okay. And even still with some of the things we've seen with the drawdown within Afghanistan, more active duty soldiers have died from suicide than in combat in Iraq and Afghanistan. Think about that. More active duty soldiers have died from suicide than those that have died in warfare against the Taliban or Al-Qaeda or ISIS, right? That's crazy. But I, one thing that I think is, is very clear here is that we will likely see veteran suicide go up. I mean, despite the best efforts of the government and suicide prevention organizations, it's been turning that way for the entirety of the U.S., so it wouldn't make any sense to not include that that group of people. Like that, That's not going to affect them. But this debacle in Afghanistan, which we're not really going to talk about because we've talked about it a lot in the last couple of weeks, you know, that's caused hundreds of thousands of veterans in the United States to call into question their service and what they did overseas because they saw things. Perhaps they did things that they never thought that they would do or never thought that they would see some diabolically evil things, Right. But now they're calling into question whether their sacrifice was worth it. You have people that lost limbs, you have people that lost brothers, and now they're calling that into question. The second thing that I want to talk about that I thought about throughout this entire situation is that men don't ask for help. And I kind of talked about that whenever I was doing that episode 104 when I was talking about Landon, that men just don't ask for help. And it's for a myriad of reasons. It's pride. It's You don't want to be seen differently by your brothers. You want to be seen as strong. All this is kind of coming off of pride, but um, you want to be a leader for others. You want to be stoic, which I think there's some value in that, in in controlling your emotions and controlling yourself. But what happens is, is you're not training yourself and you're not training your brain to ask people for help. And yeah, you can ask help. Like, hey, I need to move, you know, this couch. Can you help me out? Or, or hey, I, I don't know how to fix this thing. Can you come help me out over here? Or, hey, I'm having some trouble with my kids. Like, do you have any advice? Like, those are all things that are important, but they're very, very small. But if you're not asking for help in the small things, when the big things come up, it seems astronomically difficult to do. It seems like something that you couldn't possibly pull off, right? And, and I think that that's very detrimental, especially in this space of suicide. And I was talking to a buddy of mine named Donnie. He's a, he's a family counselor and has been a counselor for a long time. And I was talking to him last night and he said, he was basically talking about people shouldn't assume that they can never get to that place. You know, that place being where they are actually considering taking their own life and considering it not from an emotional standpoint, but just from a pragmatic standpoint. Because if you've never experienced that, you may look at situations like what we've got with Landon or with other people in your life and think to yourself, man, I'm just, maybe you're thankful. Like, thank you, God, that, you know, that's not me, that that's something, that's not something that has affected me directly, but you could get there because things fall apart 
for a myriad of different reasons. So people commit suicide, you know, after losing a family member, after losing, you know, a, a business, after going bankrupt, after, you know, having a physical ailment. There are people that never had any issues and then they get some sort of a chronic pain and they just try to get rid of it. You have people that have tinnitus, you know, this constant ringing in the ears that they just can't stand anymore. And part of what we're trying to help people do, you know, in building spiritual, mental, and physical resilience is when those times come up that you can overcome, not just with your own white knuckle grit, which is important, but also using the power of God. I mean, again, we have the Apostle Paul prayed what, three times for some ailment to be taken from him, and it wasn't taken from him, right? But God saw him through it. And I guess that really leads into the next thing I thought about is that all of us have a point of no return, or so we think, okay? Because in this situation with my brother Landon, he got to a point and we see the evidence afterwards, which is frankly none of your business, of kind of how this went down, that he reached a point of no return, and he acted on the thought that it would never be different. That what was going on right in that moment was going to define everything about him forever. So recently, it wasn't, you know, the podcast, the Jocko podcast episode that was released this week. It was the one that was released last week. It was with Sarah Wilkinson. She's the widow of Chad Wilkinson, who's a SEAL. He was also in uh, the development group, SEAL Team 6. And in that episode, you know, Sarah just kind of details this slow, gradual decline of her husband, Chad, you know, while he's in the military and even looking at pictures because Chad did kill himself, looking at pictures of him leading up to a suicide. And seeing him change, like the, the life draining from his face and the life draining from his eyes and how he had just gotten to a point where there was nothing that anyone could do, that he was going to take his life and that was it. And they had kids and then the whole nine, right? I even had another friend uh, tell me a story recently about his brother who passed away and his wife, his brother's wife knew that, um, he didn't just pass away. He committed suicide, but his brother's wife knew that he was thinking about committing suicide. So she takes him to the hospital. And the thing is, is if you're at a hospital and someone's suicidal, but they won't admit it, they can't keep you there. Right. Unless there's some sort of determination that they're not, you know, they don't have their mental faculties in order, but he goes to the hospital. Doctor asks him, are you feeling suicidal? He's like, no, sir, I don't. I'd actually frankly like to leave. They go home. He goes and gets a gun, walks around the side of the house. His wife follows him out there trying to stop him. He looks her right in the eye and says, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, goodbye, puts a shotgun to his head and blows his face off, right? Some people, they, I mean, they get to that point. But there's some pretty good evidence to suggest that that's a super temporary feeling for a lot of people and that there is a way to get past it, okay? So there is a phenomenon of people that commit suicide by jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, okay? And there was a study done of some of the people that actually survived the fall from the Golden Gate Bridge. Because here's the thing, the bridge is 225 feet high, okay? It's about four seconds of free falling before you hit the water, and you're hitting the water at about 75 miles an hour. So that pretty much makes the water you're hitting essentially concrete. Um, and 98% of the people that jump from the bridge die, right? It's technically a higher, um, you know, chance of dying than people that try to hang themselves or shoot themselves, you know, surprisingly enough. But Ed Newman, he's the writer of an article called A Lesson from 29 Golden Gate Suicide Attempts. And I just want to read to you a couple of quotes here. So here's one quote. All 29 people who survived their suicide attempts of the, off the San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge have said they regretted their decision as soon as they jumped. Okay? 
And then here's another quote that's citing a different study. What Dr. Friedenthal found was that 515 persons who intended to jump from the bridge and were stopped, only 7% went on to actually kill themselves as at some point later in life. What Dr. Seaton found is a remarkable testament to the fact that a suicidal crisis is often, very often, temporary. So again, Landon got to a point where he felt like there was no way out and there was no logical conclusion except for his own death. And as I discussed on that, you know, suicide and Thanksgiving episode, I have fundamentally and non-emotionally thought about that myself at different points. You know, have, when you're having career struggles or you don't feel like you're producing what you should and you're not supporting the people in your life in the way that you should, and you, you know, start looking at your, your life insurance, and you're like, oh, this is how much I'm worth dead, and I don't think I'm worth that much alive, and, and you just start thinking through these things, right? And you're not thinking about all the things that you do have. You're thinking about the things that you don't. But again, I think that's so profound. Of, like of the 515 people that, in, that intended to jump off the bridge but were stopped, this is another study, only 7%, less than 10% of them actually went on to kill, them so, kill themselves later. They, they got to this point where there was this overwhelming sense of emotion and the only way out was death. But it wasn't. And maybe that's, that's worth you listening this far into the podcast is hearing that, that again, those people that jumped off the bridge that survived in those four seconds of free fall, the only place in the world they wanted to be, they would have rather been is back up on that ledge, but they got to survive to tell you that, right? So the next thing I thought through here is the importance for men to have an active eyes open foxhole. Again, I did an entire series on how to build a godly and manly foxhole. It's on our website. It's on this podcast feed. It's on Uversion. Go check it out everywhere. Like, I'm not going to re rehash those points here. But the situation that happened with Landon has really made me rethink how I personally act at my foxhole. Because again, we get together every Sunday night to do jujitsu. We're reading the same book. We work out. We do jujitsu or striking, right? But whenever I'm there, I'm kind of in business mode, right? You know, I don't get a lot of extra time to work out. So I go a little bit early. I'll do some heavy bag stuff for four or five rounds. You know, we'll read the book and then we'll do the workout. And then, you know, as soon as we're done with jujitsu or whatever, it's like, all right, I'm getting changed. I'm getting home so I can get showered so I can get ready for Monday, right? You know, it's, it's that type of a mindset. So I don't stop long enough to even notice if someone's off. Now, there have been times where I've, I've noticed someone's off and I talk to them afterwards. You know, I'm there. 10, 15 minutes later than I normally would be, but I'm talking to one of my brothers about something that's going on and it's been good. Some the people have done the same thing with me. That's the whole point of having a foxhole, right? And I'm not putting the onus on our foxhole for the decision that Landon made. But all of us, I think at some point in the last week, have questioned what we could have done. Is there something we could have done? Is there something we could notice? Because here's the deal. He trained with us two weeks before he killed himself. Two weeks because I gave him crap because he ordered one of our Undaunted Life t-shirts and I was like, hey man, I'm not going to mail this to you. We live in the same city. You get your butt to the forge, right? You know, it was because you know, I was kind of giving him crap because you know, he hadn't been coming a lot lately because he was busy with overnight shifts and all that and just the timing didn't work out. And he just like, yeah, okay, whatever. And he came to the forge, trained, did his normal thing, worked out hard, got his t-shirt and, and took off. And that was the last time I saw him. But I'm questioning and I'm trying to look back at that night and be like, Aside from making eye contact with him when I shook his hand and gave him his t-shirt, like, did I stop to, to, to look at him any more than that? 
was he just normal at that moment and things devolved thereafter? And that's the thing that's so important is if something is going wrong with you, you should have men in your life that will notice. If there's something going wrong with another man in your life, you should be there and available to notice. And if you're not, like that's, that's, that's a struggle that you have to get through. So I think that's an important thing specifically for me is to make sure I'm paying attention and that's a call to action for you as well. But the last thing I really thought about, and I'll be very careful with this section because, you know, there's people that, you know, frankly, it's none of your business to know what's going on. But the overall point is toxic people can poison you to death. Okay. Landed had some very toxic people in his life. And I don't mean toxic, like, oh, they post weird things online and, oh, they're not always very nice in conversations. I mean, diabolically evil, toxic people in his life. Some of the most horrific stories that I've heard from people with their, you know, relationships to people, I heard because of his life, right? And some of the the situations they're in, okay? So it's almost like really, really toxic people. It's like they're not you know, tightening the noose and taking the chair out from under your feet, but they're helping you make it, you know, you know, they're, they're not pulling the trigger on the gun, but they're helping you load the magazine is kind of, kind of how it feels. And so you have to be very, very careful with the toxic people in your life because they can poison you that they can, they can just drip and drip and drip and drip Chinese water torture on you until one day it goes from this drip, drip, drip to a deluge and you can't fight back against the current. And so I caution all of you guys to make sure that you have the toxic people in your life in check or out of your lives entirely. So again, the call to action here, and I'm just going to repeat it from earlier because I think it's very, very important. Um, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Email me. If you if you don't want to do the suicide hotline, email me. Info at undaunted.life. Info at undaunted.life. We will get you help. Reach out to someone. Okay. Now, guys, we're not going to do our normal, you know, outro with the quick resilience boost and the in the music and all that. But as I've done with with previous podcasts that were honoring people that lost their lives, uh, you know, military members, um, we're gonna play taps. And so that is something that a bugler played at his funeral. It was incredibly emotional. Uh, it's a brutal song to listen to, especially considering the circumstances. But I think that's the only appropriate way to put a bow on this episode. So here you go. <laughs> 